Let's let her rip. Welcome to Go Additive, where your hosts combine their real-world professional 3D printing experience to deliver valuable opinions that will help you peer behind the curtain of the additive industry. And now, Go Engineer's own Tyler Reed and Tate Brown. Wake up, Tyler. Oh, I'm awake. <sighs> Let's do this. We got audio from my laptop today. I could play whatever I want. No, you can't. <laughs> can you uh, Can you adjust it over there? Yeah, I can uh, mute it, which I just to... did, <laughs> just to be sure. Okay. Well, that's probably uh, good. Oh, you man. never know what I might pull up. <laughs> Seriously. I just finished a webinar. I think I'm going to lose my voice. Yeah. You've been doing quite a few. I know. Hopefully uh, a couple of our listeners made it to your webinar. It was good. Usually they're pretty boring. This <laughs> one, pretty good. I actually think uh, webinars... I, I'm kidding, by the way. They're, I know. they're actually good. I know. Anytime someone speaks negatively, negatively about me, I just assume that... They're joking. They're either joking or their opinion doesn't matter. They're Or they're wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. But uh, webinars in general are sort of an outdated kind of stale format, I think, in many ways. But they are unique in that they offer the ability to uh, deliver long format content, which I like. Yeah, it's a free, it's a free college course, crash course in, in like <laughs> something. All you have to do is give them your work email and get spammed for a little while. Yeah, yeah, I guess it depends on your definition of spam. Yeah, well, and it depends on how inter like how interested are you in this topic right? or this company because right. I, I love getting spam from certain companies. Yeah. You know? So you have, like, we all watch YouTube a lot, and YouTube, the creators are, for the most part, creating content for the algorithm. So the algorithm supposedly uh, favors five-minute videos and then 10-minute videos, but usually not longer than 10-minute videos. So I think we've become accustomed to creating or uh, consuming content in small bites. Yeah. And webinars are, are typically 30 minutes minimum. And then also webinars, meant, the way they're presented, like there's always a commercial interest. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. And uh, too often, I think people focus on the commercial interests instead of delivering value. And so it feels like a commercial. Well, do, whatever do you agree with that? Yeah. Whatever you did, did not feel like a commercial on that last webinar. I hope not. I mean, my goal and my mindset has always been deliver value. It was nice. Yeah. I think you did that. I don't know. If anyone tuned in, let us know. So the topic, the, the one of that we today? just finished. Oh. Yeah. The one that we just finished was, uh, the it webinar was, topic. Yeah, the webinar was a topic for Velo, Velo 3D and their printer. And the approach was, you know, what is it enabling for fluids engineers? You know, how are we dealing with fluid flow design first and then printing of those designs second? And I thought that would be a valuable different take than what, you're, than what you see out there. Did you learn anything? Uh... <laughs> I, uh, whoa, this is, this now, is, that's disappointing. Well, I mean, it's stuff that I've been <laughs> getting drilled on for the last little while. And, there actually and is, a, to... there was an Easter egg in there. I'm, I'm not purposely testing you, but there was an Easter egg in there. There was some info that was previously unreleased. I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't want to say it because I could be wrong. <laughs> and could then be... I would be you breaching could, a contract. You, you could release non-public <laughs> information. So uh, in the list of materials that... Oh, I did see. You did? I did, yeah. yeah. What caught your eye there? Aluminium. No. <laughs> Is that not it? That's not it. No. What was it? Tell it was, us. It was the Inco 625 alloy and the C22 Hastelay alloy. Those, that, weren't, those weren't on the list before yesterday. They were on my list. No, they weren't. I can go back and look at my notes. Please do, because you had... Hasseloy X. Yeah, Hasseloy X. Yeah. Was on the list. Okay, I have that. 
Okay. Hastelois C22 was not oh, on the list. Okay. And Inconel 718 was on the list, but 625 was not on the list. Oh, boy. <laughs> and aluminum. How embarrassing. Aluminum was on the list. How embarrassing. All right. Well, you said you didn't learn, so I had to prove you wrong. Thanks. You're welcome. At the expense of me, I hope you're all laughing because <laughs> this is typical. This is the, I work right next to Tyler. My office is right next door, and this is, uh, this is my life. That's so, all right. As you can see, I'm unfazed. <laughs> this is normal. So uh, what's, the, what's the topic today? We're going to have a short episode, right? We do have a short episode because we're fitting this in between meetings here. And uh, we didn't really have a topic. We were just going to talk about what we did this week. We have all these topics and we're just like, eh. Yeah. Either we don't have the, it's the band, it's a bandwidth thing, I think, right now. Right? It's, it's we're really bandwidth, busy. But also just timing. Like you have to be in the mood. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. You you asked me, well, I don't know where to take this, but I am in a mood. Okay. April Fool's is coming up. Yeah. So we're going to have some pranks. Are you excited about that? I, I haven't like done any pranks lately. Mm-hmm. It's been a few years and I kind of like am in the mood yeah. this year. And I feel like this is a good opportunity to incorporate 3D printing somehow. I think there's a way to do it. I haven't thought anything up yet, but I'm going to try. For the listeners out there, I'm going to try and I'm going to have a story to tell you hopefully uh, sometime next week or the week after. Yeah. Uh, cause April Fool's is, uh, when next Thursday? Yeah, I think so. One week from today. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you hundred percent. Like 3d printing does offer, you know, the ability to create it's some perfect. awesome pranks, but, uh, I'm not a good prankster. I feel like I am in real time, uh-huh. not planned pranks, but I'm, I'm seriously, I'm going to give this a go. Planned pranks are hard because either you're just being a jerk you know, or rude or mean or whatever, or just creating like, you're going to create a mess. You're going to create work. I don't know how to prank people in a way that's like innocent. Well, that's what what makes it a prank. What are some good pranks that you've seen? Not, not printing related, just pranks in general. Uh, This one, this one's so stupid. This one's, you know, like the vellum, uh, the, the, Saran wrap over the, <laughs> over the, toilet, the toilet seat. Yeah, that's a classic. Uh, another one But it is, also creates a huge mess. <laughs> <laughs> Who's cleaning it up? The prankster. That's what I'm saying. So and, who cares? Yeah, that's but true. But the, the other day in the mall, I was walking past a store and it, there's this old butler that they have out in front mm-hmm. of the store. And it's just a statue and he's creepy looking. He looks like something that should go in like, uh, I don't know, one of those scare factories that you go okay. to during Halloween. Anyway, house. my friend had one of those. Well, around here, they're, they're scare factories. <laughs> but uh, my friend had one of those, the exact same guy, and came in handy. Yeah. I don't know why he had it. Don't ask me why. But, like, you could put that dude behind any door and just scare the heck out of anybody. That's awesome. At any given time. It was great. Like, you never open a door, rarely. That's not a glass door. Like, say you're going to the store, you see people coming, but like your door, yeah. it's not a glass door, yeah. right? You walk through it. You don't expect to have a full-size right. person right there in front of your face. So. Yeah. I like that. I was thinking along the lines of, like, we could print something, like a fake iPhone. What about like a, oh, the piece of pizza. Oh, the pizza, We yeah. could get someone to take a, someone might break their tooth. If you search for uh, just pizza on Reddit's uh, 3D printing subreddit, uh-huh. you'll see a picture of this. It's our pizza that looks like a real piece of pizza. It's even got the grease. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. Has that shimmer. We could put some of those out in the, in the uh, break room and just say, <laughs> you know, take a piece. <laughs> we need to have a camera set up. Yeah. Yeah. But people here are in the know. It would have to be at your house. We have some new hires we can pick on. Oh, that's true. That is true. <laughs> well, uh, what else? Have you have you been brainstorming? What? Future topics? No. Pranks. Oh, well, no, I haven't. I haven't even gone on, on Google. Um, I need to, though. I mean, I feel like it's very, very relevant. Yeah. It's, it's time. And I, there's never been a better era to do pranks. Maybe we should create a a thread 
on on our 3D printing, saying, "Hey, what are you guys planning?" and get some oh, get some conversation yeah. going. I like that. Yeah, I like it too. I'm gonna do that. You asked me what I've been doing lately. Okay. 3D printing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can talk about myself some more. Yeah, please do because <laughs> I I'm honestly just exhausted. The I've been developing content for these webinars for two weeks and I've just you've I'm been me- busy. I, I'm mentally drained. I put everything I've I got. I can tell actually. I can put I put everything I've got into these things. You can hear it in my voice. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I um, look sick. <laughs> well. One of the cool benchmarks that I did just recently for a company uh, was a PolyJet benchmark for a company that makes simulation um, rooms that look like... Flight simulators. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That look like various... Aircraft? Yes. Hey, my brain is still sharp, apparently. Well, you know, it's funny. Sidetrack real quick. Your talent, I think your number one talent that I recognize is being able to speak crisply, clearly. You cut the crap out of everything, and you can deliver these just perfect sentences on demand. I I don't I don't want to like puff up your ego too much, but like when I watch your webinars, I'm like in order for me to say something like that, yeah, it has to be written down. So, anyway, congratulations for having that amazing talent cuz it is handy. Well, Especially here on this podcast. (laughs) I don't know if it gets highlighted as much in the podcast because I I have to get into a mode, you know. Especially when you sit next to someone like me in the podcast, then it's even more apparent. No, no. (laughs) But my wife has introduced me to this concept called a flow state. Yeah. And and, um, I think I, when I'm, especially when I'm doing a webinar or if I'm in person, if I'm live, if I have an audience, then I get into a flow state. Like if I were trying to go through. <laughs> you can't do it here. I just hard. ruined it just now. No, it's, it's okay. It's because of me. See, that's why that's a funny joke because <laughs> I just ruined your flow state. You can never get into it because you have to speak to me. I'm right here. I know. I need an audience worthy of the flow state. <laughs> you just need one that doesn't talk back. <laughs> no, I actually do better with some interaction. Trust me. And well, <laughs> if I was if I was a stand-up comedian, this is the episode all about Tyler's yeah. skills. If I was a stand-up comedian, I would purposely bait people into heckling me because I wouldn't be able to generate content without that. I need the back and forth. Which right. is why I like I like these live audiences. The virtual audiences are not as as uh, interactive, obviously. I think that's where your talent really shows through though. Um and I'm I'm grateful that we've got you on this podcast, and hopefully the people listening enjoy that aspect because you can really clear up my thoughts for one and bring them to a more concise point. You can get me on track. Also, you're very able to go off track and keep that same clarity, right? Like <laughs> if even if I had a prepared statement that mm-hmm. wasn't written down, but I had gone through it a few times. I, I'm like, okay, I'm comfortable with this delivery. Yeah. You add interaction to that, whoop, yeah. I'm derailed. I'm like, oh, I wasn't prepared for that one. You know, you could do it. Well, this is actually an important topic. Should we talk a little bit about it? Because I uh, have... You're very important. No, 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 you're, no, no. Tyler That's not appreciation. What I'm That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but the skill of the, the, the talent of public speaking is not really so much a talent. It's... It's a learned skill, I, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, you have a knack for it. And I think some people can absolutely, everyone can learn to be better, but you're starting at a place that's... You don't know where I started. <sighs> that's uh, true. You don't. That's true. I, I, My shyness used to be crippling, honestly. Like, <sighs> I wouldn't even be able to have a conversation. This isn't what I'm talking about, though. I'm not talking about overcoming fears. I'm talking about delivery yeah. and vocabulary. It's a comfort thing is my point. <sighs> I don't think so. I could be, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable right now. I'm as comfortable as I'll, I'll ever be except for this chair is about six inches too tall. And Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm sitting way low. <laughs> I'm hunched back to try and You're reach my mic. looking down at me. It's a we're com- in a hurry today, so we're not, yeah. <laughs> we're not it, sitting in our normal chairs. It's a comfort in your environment, but it's also a comfort in um, – the topic and it's a comfort in your own opinion of 
your knowledge. Like if you are comfortable that that hurts. If, no, I'm just saying if you On a deep deep level if you have an opinion and you trust your ability to form that opinion, then it makes it easier to share that opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you if you second guess your own conclusions, then that makes it very difficult. I think that's kind of what we're talking about. We are also talking about vocabulary and and just conciseness. Your choice of word. Yeah, your choice yeah. of words. I don't know if anyone here has ever taken like a technical writing course, even just like a 1010 or a 101. Mm-hmm. Very, they're difficult. You know, it's not what the difficult part is not writing something down that's descriptive. For some, that's maybe part of the hard part. What's hard is taking 30 words to describe that thing. Yeah. Getting it down to five. Right. A clear, quick sentence that's just as powerful in a shorter, more concise format. I think you do that with every sentence, and it, I'm so jealous. Yeah. It's, but, it's, a, it's a skill. And wh- whether you want to say it's a talent or not, I don't really care. You've got it. Okay. I don't. And maybe in 10 years, I when I grow up, I want to be like you. Okay. Now, now that we've spent about half the time <laughs> that we have available to us, but have you ever have you ever met somebody who you know is studying vocabulary and they like force words that they've recently Five dollar words. Five dollar words. Yeah, yeah, I hate that. It's annoying. Who, who That's not what I'm it? talking no about. No one likes it. Yeah, nobody. They do. Yeah. I think they get a, a rise out of the fact that they can say something and they can see the confusion on people's faces. Like, exactly. even in context, people can't, like, figure it out. It, it makes no sense. You're you're studying vocabulary so that you can anti-communicate. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there is something I want to talk about that's okay. 3D printed, 3D printing related that's pretty exciting. Okay. Stratasys announced yesterday their SAF technology. Oh, Yes. Now, this is not to be confused with S-A-F. It must be said SAF. It it is not S-A-F. Yeah, it's SAF. And can you tell us a little bit about the technology? Because I'm afraid to talk about it. Me? Yeah, you. I'm also a little afraid to talk about it. And and you've been studying it, honestly. Let me read something here. Okay. Okay. That's, That's the safest way to handle this. Yeah. And then we can maybe form some opinions and we can talk about likenesses and and things like that. Okay. So SAF technology is selectively it, it okay, well, first I should start with what um SAF stands for. Do you remember? Selective absorption uh, fusion. Uh, I think that's right. It's right. Are you sure? You willing to bet on it? Yes. I'm looking right now. I want to make sure I've got three documents open right now that are very uh, informative. Why is Selective this so complicated? absorption fusion. Yeah, that's what I said. You were right. I know. Dang it. I was hoping you were wrong. It's because my mind has been trained for your failure. to think three letters at a time. We talked about this two weeks ago. You know? Like yeah. People- <sighs> it's... <laughs> I guess you and I are both as frust- frustrated maybe isn't the right term, but just no. constrained. You're so constrained about like... One, what what we can talk about, which is normal. Yeah, that's you know, normal. When we have new technologies coming out, you're always constrained a little bit. And they release these tidbits, which is great. I think it gives us something to be yeah, excited about and talk about. For sure. But when you add on top of that the confusion of these acronyms yeah. and, okay, what umbrella does this technology fit under? Right. Uh, that's where, so I've been trying to write this blog post about this yeah. and I'm trying to find third party information, just someone who's got the guts uh-huh. to say, these are the 3d printing technologies and acronyms. Here's where they all fit. Yeah. And I found one. Oh yeah. But it wasn't complete. It, and I don't expect it to be totally complete, but it to was missing some big stuff. Yeah. I um, think real quick, I yeah. think. Like this is something that we play around with often, but not often do we have a big conglomerate, you know, multinational corporation with teams of lawyers <laughs> willing <laughs> to make your life hell protecting their IP and their trademarks. And with SAF, we are now in a space where 
that other entity is a competitor, right? It's competing technology. And so you have to dance around <laughs> these letters. I should be allowed to say letters. Yeah, they're letters. Like the H- summer three, H- summer four. I should be able to say H and I should be able to say P and I should be able to say H and P together, but, but no. I can't. Well, we, we can say them, right? We can talk about them. So, <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> all right. So this, uh, let's get to this technology. It's called the H-Series. So what Stratasys has done is they've chosen to announce that they are releasing a technology. Okay. Not, they have not announced anything specific about a machine or multiple yeah. machines. We don't know yet. Okay. Um, but what they've told us is that this is the H-Series. Okay. So you can maybe assume that there's multiple coming. Um, this is all my personal speculation, of course. Yeah. And what this basically is, is a, um, binder jet technology, right? Can you explain to us what a typical binder jetting machine is like? Uh, yeah. So we've talked about binder jetting in the past in relation mostly to metals, actually, because um, the the companies that are embracing that word binder jetting tend to use it with powdered metal. And, uh, but it's not exclusive to, to that. There are binder jetting technologies that use polymer binders and, uh, polymer stock material, but it's essentially in, uh, in most cases, it's a print head that deposits, um, binder into a, a powder vat like a powdered plastic vat in this case. And yeah. wherever the binder lands. Paul, powder polymer. Yeah. Plastic. Um, so wherever the binder lands, it's going to be forming the shape of the part in that particular layer. And then that layer goes down and then you deposit more binder. And then there's usually like a cross-linking step or a some sort of low temperature sintering step. Um, it's fairly unique, especially in its ability to do 3D nesting. I think that's one of the draws of this. Yeah. Um, you can nest parts quite tightly into a 3D space. doesn't really matter the orientation. They're not anisotropic, or they aren't isotropic. But they're closer. But they're closer than something than like FDM. FDM. Yeah. Okay. You tend to have more limited materials. Like if you go back four years and you listen to HP's uh, language around their binder jetting technology, they did a great job of overpromising. They were always talking about interacting with parts on the voxel level and being able to uh, deposit and control mechanical properties on the voxel level. And uh, so far that hasn't happened. So I think some people with memories back then might have a, a bit of a distaste for binder jetting, but I don't think it's very warranted. Well, and from... What I can tell, this is like very cutting edge, uh-huh. and and I'm not just saying that, but I've always been a fan of like the HP stuff because yeah. of the way it looks. It's like FDM. It's mm-hmm. a usable part. It's you know definitely capable of end use type yeah. situations, um, but it also looks good. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like an injection molded part, but it also doesn't. It has a uniform kind of uh, coarse, almost looks like a sandblasted type surface, yeah. right? Yeah. If you're familiar with that type the of coarseness. The parts do. Yeah. yeah. And so I've always liked it, viewing it from afar. Mm-hmm. And I have learned about some of its shortcomings and stuff over the years um, here. What it seems like is this SAF technology is aimed to solve some of those shortcomings. Yeah. And it's very exciting. I'm excited uh, because it, it's going to fill some holes within the Stratasys portfolio. You know, these parts behave differently than SLS parts, than polyjet parts, than FDM parts, than SLA parts. Yeah. So they're a great complement to these other technologies that we just didn't have in our portfolio. They didn't. We didn't have them available to us. Right. And so the fact that for customers who fit the profile of needing a part like that, which currently, at least, you know, if we're basing this off the leader in the space, HP, it's nylon parts that um, tend to be on the smaller side for the most part, but more complex, fragile features, thin walls, things like that. Okay, I'm going to read one thing that I can. I think this is the most exciting excerpt. Uh, if you want to look into this later, it's on the Stratasys blog. 
Um, they haven't actually released a public announcement that I could find anywhere other than this blog post, but it is very informative. Um, the SAF technology uses a counter-rotating roller to coat powder layers into a print bed and print prints absorber fluid to an image the part layers. Excuse me. Fluid to image the part layers. The image layers are fused by passing an IR lamp over the entire span of the bed. What is interesting to note there is the entire span of the bed. Awesome. I believe that's a differentiator from the other technologies, which they've been willing to say here. SAF technology executes these key process steps in the same direction across the print bed to provide a uniform thermal experience and therefore part consistency for all printed parts, regardless of their placement in the build. So this is pretty cool because I know with those, you talked about the powder vat. I don't know what the proper terminology is there because yeah, we're not feels totally, wrong. Yeah, we're not totally familiar with it yet. Um, but there are kind of these hot spots, cold spots, and that can deform the parts a little while cooling, um, while printing. And so that's just a little tidbit. That's pretty much all we have time to go into. There yeah. is more information available on the interwebs. So a quick Google search will pull up some things. Uh, but I would recommend first starting with the Stratasys blog post because I think everything is there. Yeah. And if you read between the lines, there's some exciting stuff. Just do a Google search for SAFTM. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I think that's the most exciting thing of the the day. I've got to run to a meeting right now, but I think this was a good quick little a little half of it was about bike. me, so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, taking the time today and yeah, SAF preview. Uh, let's come up with some pranks and uh, let's talk about them next week. Okay, right. sounds good. Take care. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> Welcome back to you. Yeah. How'd that meeting go? It was a great meeting. Oh, yeah? It was about no seconds long. Uh, <laughs> actually had a cancellation, so <laughs> rushed out of here to get to there, and it was all for naught. And even though we finished finished the episode up, we thought we really didn't finish it up. So mm -hmm. let's just continue down this path. Yeah, we, we basically just gave you a teaser on the SAF technology. It's going to be difficult for me to call it SAF, for, at least for the first little just while. Just get used to it. Because everything else, we say the letters. You don't say fit em? Yeah. I don't say fit em or The mollus. So let's let's just run down this. Uh, it's not a press release. So but how it, about do this? It's yeah, kind of like one. Read the blog one paragraph at a time, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. I'm not going to give you everything. I, I do think it's still a good idea to come through and read this, but I will... I'll highlight it, and we can talk about what I think is important here okay. and what you think is important. So we already went through the, the, I think, what's the most important paragraph, but... And what was that? What was the topic of that? You might think differently. That basically just goes over the the technology. Um, but the binder jetting. Yeah, using the counter-rotating roller. Um, it uses the absorber fluid to image the part layers. Okay. And the uh, the IR lamp. Okay. So we've already talked about that. The fundamentals. Yeah. So next trademarked item is the innovative big wave powder management system. Okay. So what this does is it ensures the necessary powder is always distributed across the whole print bed. So it maintains a large thermally stable wave of powder. Okay. This is important. Why? They'll why? tell us why soon. Okay. But it is innovative um, because what it does is the overflow powder is quickly recirculated and that minimizes the powder uh, thermal exposure and reduces the aging of the powder. So All right. one of the big things with these technologies is they recycle yeah. the, the powder, right? The unbound powder, I guess, is probably the way to put it. Yeah. And right. this... This, this is actually really similar to how Velo is doing their powder recycling. Right. Which I was just talking about. Yep. So wow. you have, it actually is, there's a lot of similarities. Um, there's a percentage allowance of used powder to virgin powder with most of these binder jetting types of systems. That's right. 
So it sounds like what this is going to do, and again, this is speculative, but it will increase the age uh, or, or increase the lifespan of your powder. And um, according to this blog post, the result is a less fresh powder uh, required and lower operational costs. Yeah, you'll use more of the powder that you purchase. Yep. More of that powder will end up in part form. Yeah, and I always wondered, you know, as I learned that, you know, you have limitations on mm-hmm. what recycled powder you can use. Yeah. Do you have like this just giant barrel of used powder that you're like waiting to mix in with virgin powder? Like, do you produce so, more of that than? HP has like these cartridges. Actually, it depends on the system, but they're more like a jug. And you have jugs that are, you know, that are fresh. And then you have jugs that you know are not fresh. And the system will actually dose from each jug, but the powder is essentially exiting the chamber into the jug, which is not a controlled environment, and then uh, gets placed back into the machine. So what these guys are saying is that it, what are they saying? It never leaves the machine? Uh, They aren't saying. Okay. They aren't saying. Well, in the Velo system, it never leaves the machine. And so like if you're talking about um, it's not being exposed to outside air and things like that, then it's being protected, right? Yeah, and with polymers, it might be a little bit different. Yeah, for sure, because in the powdered metal, you're worried about oxidation. Yeah. Maybe on the plastics, I'm not sure. Yeah, who knows? I mean, they are susceptible to moisture and that sort of thing. Yeah, but if it takes, uh, it sounds like it could be easier for an operator as well. Yeah, and it's low cost, so everybody likes that. Yeah. If thing it's is, helping you save money, it's great. Yeah, for sure. Um, with powder bed fusion, whether it's metal or plastic, like when you're laying out this powder, um, you have to lay it out across the entire build plane, right? It's not like FDM where you just trace where your part is. So if you have one small part in this chamber, like you are creating a lot of quote-unquote waste material. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something to keep in mind. So um, this is considered a production type Mm -hmm. system. So not only for the quality of part, but also because it is intended that you use that entire build chamber or as much of it as you can on every cycle. Yeah. So uh, I may be able to get into this later. We'll see. Um, but there is some there's some cool stuff on the horizon in terms of reliability and longevity mm-hmm. as well with this system. And hopefully, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff here. So I'll just move. You ready to move to the next? One more quick thing. I do appreciate the OEM's efforts into recycling uh, materials. I think it's a sign of maturation in the hardware and an understanding of economics and a concern about economics and cost of ownership to run these systems. So I appreciate seeing that level of effort appearing in these different machine tools. I also appreciate a lower cost. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. That's not the point you were going for. It's not, but it is this, it's (laughs) it's the, it's the same uh, end result, just different path. Yeah. So the SAF technology is used to, I'm just going to get into this next paragraph, is used to selectively jet high energy absorption fluid. That's HAF, and that's trademarked. And I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say half or HAF. How about we do both? You say HAF and I'll say half. I meant to ask actually yesterday because there were some do's and don'ts. And um, I don't know. With SAF, I do know they were explicit about that. Uh, with HAF or half, I would assume it's HAF because half sounds like half. Well, I'm just two going parts to say of the whole. Yeah, <laughs> right. Especially with our uh, our accents, our Utah accents. How how do you uh, how else do people pronounce the L? Yeah, in a, other lot places? Of peop- a lot of people. A lot of people say halves. Halves. With well, with the S <laughs> on the end, it actually is spelled differently. Yeah. Half. Halves. Half. Halves. I don't think anyone Whatever. says that. <laughs> anyway, flu- fluid on th- this 
HAF fluid um, is selectively jetted onto areas of a layer of powder form material in just one full width pass. Again, they are talking about a full width pass, so that's important. Industrial Mm -hmm. piezoelectric print heads jet single or multiple drops of fluid to produce either fine detail or large areas without compromising throughput. The technology supports unique, high-specialty functional fluids to process a broad range of powders. Infrared technology is radiated to fuse the selected areas and the underlying particles. Tight thermal control avoids warping, quality fallout, and reduces peak temperatures required in the bed, making SAF technology ideal for production. Hmm. These print heads are probably a work of art. I mean, you think about these. Piezoelectric. Yeah. And piezoelectric, uh, I don't know a lot about it, but uh, isn't it like using the the vibrational energy of a crystal or something like that? <laughs> isn't that what piezoelectric is? I don't know. Let's look it up. Look it up because I feel like that's true. Um, but these print heads, I don't think we know any details about the DPI. It's the electric charge that accumulates in certain solid materials, such as crystals, ceramics, biological matter, like bone, DNA, and various proteins. Yeah. uh, In response to applied mechanical stress. It means electricity resulting from pressure and latent heat. All right. Whatever it means, it means you're getting a high-quality print head with some pretty cool technology (laughs) embedded. I yeah, I would like to do a uh, a Google patent search for these print heads and just kind of better understand more about the print heads because in my mind that's one of the most fascinating things about this style of technology. I mean, you think about it these these print heads print at a certain DPI and the polyjet print heads same thing DPI three hundred DPI six hundred DPI uh, that's pretty high resolution and it's having to drop liquid. It doesn't smear it. It drops it while it's moving, and uh, it has to you know, land in a certain spot. I mean, think about flying in an airplane, and you're dropping burlap sacks of food or something. <laughs> if, you had to, if you had to drop it nice so, analogy. so accurately that it landed in someone's open arms, that'd be tough. And then these guys Depends are Depends on it. how uh, low you can fly to the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. And how fast. Yeah. You're flying. So uh, Absolutely. It's, it's a feat of engineering and physics coming together. Yes. And you're doing it rapidly. I mean, it's firing boom, 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 as you're coming across that build tray. Right. And as mentioned in the paragraph earlier, it does this in one direction, so a uniform direction, which I guess is is novel. <clears throat> Um, and helps with this uh, providing the uniform thermal experience, as they say. I like that phrasing, uniform thermal experience. All I can picture is just a nice sunny day, and I'm getting a uniform thermal experience. Well, we know how important heat is in creating consistency in parts, whether we're talking FDM or any other various technology. It is incredibly important. If you get a cold spot, that – part could shrink, it's going to pull, it's it's yeah. not good. Yeah. So ultimately, we try to control the environment around the print, the printed part as much as possible. And it sounds like with this technology, the, the I guess it's the big wave powder management system that helps keep this. I can get behind that trademark, big the wave. The big wave? Yeah. It sounds good. Makes me think of surfing. <laughs> so... A reality of using at least the uh, early gen models of the HP machine, I'm not sure if this is something that they've uh, corrected or not, but within the build chamber, you would essentially have areas that um, I don't think off limits is the right phrasing. That's probably too strong, but there's there would be areas in the chamber where if you were very concerned about part quality or part tolerances, you would try to avoid putting your parts in that area due to heat. Absolutely. Cold spots. So then you have an unusable portion of your print volume. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, you're paying money for these machines, and you would hope that they uh, fulfill the specs that they're on the sheet. Absolutely. So 
that that's pretty much it for the the technology and the trademarked stuff big that's wave. coming out on like this machine. Wave. Okay. Um, one thing that I do since we have a couple minutes uh, extra, thanks to uh, the canceled meeting, <laughs> I do want to plug that there is more information about this coming out. So Stratasys plans to host a live conversation on LinkedIn. If you're interested in that, uh, I think they're also doing it on Facebook, uh, probably Facebook Live. That's going to be April 7th. And uh, they've got some uh, Stratasys leaders that are going to be there and the director of technology at Czar 3D, uh, the original inventor of the technology behind yeah, SAF. That's where the print has come from. Right. So uh, that being a, it sounds like a, it says a live conversation. So yeah. that sounds like maybe there could be some interaction, some, some Q&A potentially. And anyway, again, that's on LinkedIn and Facebook Live April 7th. Um, to find out what time those are at, just uh, do a quick Google search. Sorry, I I require you to do all that, but they don't actually uh, list a, a specific time here on their blog. Okay. So I'm hoping uh, it, it's pretty easy to get this information. So that acquisition, uh, Stratasys and Czar, happened off the top of my head. I'm not sure exactly. It's not an acquisition. Or, a partnership. Yeah. They they own 45%. Stratasys bought a 45% so they, of Czar. They acquired... 45% of it? Yeah. Okay. So, so that Czar happened like still what, Czar. two or three years ago? Uh, I don't know. It's You'd know better than me. I think my memory is two or three years ago. And uh, we are just now seeing a, you know, a uh, something coming out of that, the fruits of that acquisition. And it sounds sweet. It does sound sweet. I am excited about it. But uh, I think it displays patience, something that... Mm, this industry, I think, could benefit more from, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. instead of just Definitely. as soon as news happens, you uh, you jump to conclusions or you make predictions, you know, it just gets a little old. And uh, the reality is like Stratasys is the behemoth in this space. And they became a bigger behemoth this year. Well, within the, the, what, the last six months? Yeah. The last half a year has been huge. Right. Um, and, you know, things move slowly, but uh, when you're bigger, but also things are more thoroughly vetted and mm -hmm. investigated and things like that. And one thing that Stratasys has done is they've gone to great lengths to ensure that the user experience when a product is released is as good as possible. And uh, that's, that might be, today that might be an old way of thinking because the norm is, you know, it's the Kickstarter mindset. Put a product out there or promise a product, maybe use the interest to fund that idea and make promises that you try to, you try to keep, you do your best. But the reality of it is that business model is you make promises and then you end up pulling a lot of things back over time. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm reminded of that helmet. I don't know if this was a Utah company, but there was a motorcycle helmet Kickstarter. Uh-huh. And this guy had, it was so cool. He His marketing was excellent. Mm -hmm. And it was a visor that would give you all this telemetry and data like live on your screen. It was something like at a Terminator, yeah. right? Super cool. I think it had an integrated brake light or something in the rear of the helmet. Sweet. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So it, but what happened? It, it must have had an accelerometer in there somewhere. But yeah. it, <laughs> he did exactly that. He over-promised and under-delivered. I don't think he even had a working legitimate prototype mm -hmm. as this came to fruition. It, it was bad. It was a bad deal, a bad ending for a small mm -hmm. startup. I, I imagine a lot of people in our audience – are of the inventor mindset, entrepreneur mindset, and uh, probably a wide range of varieties in that space. Yeah. And I think the more experienced people would agree, like it's very easy to overpromise if you don't have someone advising you just how difficult bringing a product to market is. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to have the pros. Um, one thing before we wrap up on the SAF stuff. Okay. And we can continue talking about this, but I did just want to hurry and cap off the end of, of what I think is really the highlights of this article. Um, if you're curious about the materials, this is designed um, a- according to this blog post. The technology is inherently able to process a wide variety of materials, such as polyamides. Polyamides. How mm-hmm. do you, how do you say that? Nylon. How do you pronounce it? Well, yeah, <laughs> I pronounce it nylon. <laughs> <laughs> and elastomers, which t- a TPU most likely. We do know that there are some TPU PBF materials out there. So this is speculation yeah. again, but what they're calling it, polyamides, which could be yeah. an array of nylons. Yeah. Um, Probably 11 and 12 would be my guess. Six usually is in there. Actually with PBF, it's more broad from what I've seen. Yeah. The availability of the types of nylons. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. That's exciting. Do they say... Uh, do they talk much more about the materials, more specifics? No. Okay. That's as that's as much as we get, and that's as much as I'm allowed to say. I honestly don't even know. I signed a legitimate NDA yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that is exciting. Um, I'm, I'm curious what materials we'll see, what kind of variety of materials we'll see, and, and the timeline for their release. You know, um, the, the technology from a more broad perspective does have the capability to service like a wide range of materials. But as of yet, I haven't seen many materials released on existing platforms. No. And there must be a reason behind that. And from the sounds of it, I I can't say, I can't say this, Uh, but there could be new possibilities because of their ability to keep the bed temperature low. Yeah. I mean, Okay, that makes sense. And consistent. So that could open up some potential opportunities for new materials in the future. Sure. I wonder what the reality is in this space. Uh, Is the hardware uh, slowing down progress? Yeah, is it the limiting factor or or is it the material science? Uh, I don't know. What would you guess? Uh, I would guess a combination of the binders so I'm still trying to understand the binders and kind yeah. of like the low temp sintering that's happening with the material. Yeah. Um, but I would assume that it's it's a temperature limitation type of thing. How well can the material bond to mm-hmm. itself when sintering? You know, what are the temperature limitations of that So maybe material? A, pro- a process. Yeah, because chemically we know the these materials do well with heat. You know? Yeah. FDM. Um so I, I don't know. That's a good question. I assume we could powderize, you know, pretty much any material. So the availability of the material is probably not a big deal. It's It's got to be the combination of the binder, finding the right binder for the right material, yeah. and process limitations around the binding and uh, laying down the binder and things like that. Yeah. So, so maybe more hardware. So do you mind limitation? if I describe this part? Please These do. types of parts? Oh, yeah, the pictures? Yeah. So, Go for it. Um, Stratasys has released a few pictures of the parts. They're, to me, a little bit shiny. Uh, so, if you're familiar with binder jetting at all, or if you've seen um, HP's MJF parts, they're, I think, they're pretty good looking parts. Yeah. They I, look I like agree a, with that. a smooth FDM part that has been bead blasted. Or okay. sandblasted. That's kind of what it looks like to me. Oftentimes they have been, by yes. the way. Yes, right. When you see HP parts and they're black and they're all got that nice matte finish, mm-hmm. they've been blasted and they've been dyed. Okay, so not all of the ones I've seen have been dyed, yeah. but they all have that uniform rough surface finish. Yeah. And rough is a relative term, right? Or sure. coarse is maybe... But it's uni- better. It's unif. It's uniform. Yes, and they so nice. much better looking, um, in my opinion, than an FDM part because it doesn't have those like three D printed artifacts. Sure, you're not like I'm guilty of this, and and it's because I'm familiar with FDM, and so many people are. But like yeah. I see these 
kind of cool new products for fabrication and stuff because of my interest in fabbing. And I see these kind of cool tools and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I look into it. And as soon as I see a close-up in, image, I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's an it's an FDM yeah. assembly. Yeah. Which at that point, I don't know what it is in me. It must be my experience, but I just like, I'm just like, okay, just give me the file. Yeah. And I'll print the thing. <laughs> don't charge me like a full product price for an FDM part. And maybe that's wrong of me, but if it's visible, <laughs> I don't like seeing 3D printed parts. I agree with that. Um why? <clears throat> I don't know. Maybe it's, I have a bias towards, and it's probably wrong because an FDM part would tell you that it's like handcrafted almost. It's kind of like an indication <laughs> that this has had more time put into it by human hands because it's uh, it, it, it's a low production model. It's the millennial version of handcrafted. Right. <laughs> but like, you know, my goal with all of my fabrication projects is to have a high attention to detail, but make it look like a mass produced type of make it look like it came from the factory not got it i i don't like seeing when someone's you want hack job you want a manufactured look yeah i want it yeah, yeah. i want it to look like it was carefully designed and crafted and that as mm -hmm. a whole unit not just mm -hmm. like oh that person chopped the back end of that bike off and welded their own subframe on like i want it to look like yeah. it was a full design so anyway that's a a sidetrack of me saying this Technology does not leave those artifacts. These materials produce, I think, better-looking prototypes and better, more sellable end-use parts. I, I, would, I would not feel bad. You know, I'm looking at this little impeller blade, which you all can see on their blog, um, and it looks fantastic. It has that just slightly uh, bumpy uniform mm -hmm. surface finish. And it looks great. It's uniform. You don't necessarily see all the layering lines. And inherently, it's not as, uh, it's a little more dense than an FDM part. So I would assume that that's going to open up some opportunity in other areas as well. Yeah. So everything is sort of this piece of the puzzle that, you know, forms a great picture around end use parts. The binder jetting produces parts that have good mechanical properties, um, uh, you know, near isotropic properties. Uh, the smooth surface finish uh, helps with that because when you eliminate surface defects, that actually increases the strength, improves fatigue and things like that. You're eliminating stress risers and, and eliminating, you know, some modes of failure that yeah. way. Uh, particularly when you have thin walls or s like lattice type structures or thin cross members because the surface defects mm, are, mm, they affect the part to a greater degree when there's a high surface area, which you would get with a lattice or a thin wall and yeah. things like that as a, as a percentage. So uh, all of, and, th and this type of technology can handle lattices and thin-walled members and things like that. So everything is in its corner for success, I would say. Right, and it's support-free. So you don't get um, any artifacts of support really at all from yeah. what I'm aware of. Because yeah. even now with our like QSR support on our, our production machines and uh, even the F-Series, there are indications. You mm -hmm. can see what side mm -hmm. was supported um, it, even with the soluble support, someone with a good eye for, for 3d printing can tell which surfaces have been supported. Yeah. Um, with this system, you're supported by powder. Yeah. That's attractive. I like that. It's awesome. I am, um, the dust. We'll have to see how that is. Yeah. I wonder what post-processing equipment, um, will be associated with you know, whatever form of machine this comes out on. From what I understand, it's a brush and compressed air. And then in terms of if Stratasys is going to build their own post-processing system, actually, on that note, uh, Formlabs came out with a system that's like a, what do they, do they call it a full stack solution? Maybe. They it's, came it's out. An, it's an SLS machine. Yeah. But it's two separate pieces of hardware. They have 
the printer, and then they do have uh, like an excavator sieve type oh, system. Yes. Which that actually looks like a pretty cool little machine. I watched the uh, the Adam Savage YouTube video on it, and they they did a good job of going over it in depth. It it looks like a good system. Uh, we did want to do an episode of. If you're curious about this system, also it's called the Fuse One, and uh, we we talked about kind of going through companies' advertisements, including our own, yeah, and kind of reading between the lines yeah. on the uh, advertisements. And we may have to do that soon because I remember reading through the Fuse One. Um, while it is a great looking system, it, it's also nice to see that it's like kind of a a full solution or they're trying their best to make it a full solution. Yeah. There are going to be shortcomings and there are going to be shortcomings with uh, this SAF machine as well uh, or machines. Everything does. It, right. And we want to be transparent about that. Yeah. So uh, one of these days we're going to have to go through and yeah. take a few picks. And there'll be a nice little market for that fuse one machine. And um, I don't know, do you like watching, do you like watching like power washing videos Power washing? Power washing. Oh, pressure I washing. Saw, I saw one. They do like carpets and yeah. rugs and I stuff. I love watching that stuff. And oh, uh, watching the SLS laser um, carve out these parts is satisfying in the same way um, because the bed temperature is elevated to the point where the polymer beads, the grains are actually near the melting temperature. Yes. So you don't need a high-powered laser. You're just adding that last just bit of enough. energy. And so you're not slamming this laser into the powder and creating soot and dust. You're just barely touching it, and it's just it just changes the color. Uh, it's pretty satisfying. Yeah, it is really cool. So, yeah, I'm sorry to – just to clear it up, I don't want to confuse people. This SLS system would fall under a different category than, yeah. like, the binder jetting. Yeah. Um, it, it's not it, – it's fused together by the laser. It is powder bed fusion. Yes. And, it, and in fact, in this case, it's laser powder bed fusion. <laughs> oh, man. But it's not binder powder jet fusion. Yeah. So, so we're not going to call it. We're not going to. I'm not going to call SAF powder bed fusion. Do you dare ever come up with a, kind of a flow chart? Oh. A family tree. A family tree. That is an interesting concept. Would you like, would you be willing to put your name on the line? Yeah. Make this chart of all known systems uh -huh. and actually throw it on the GoEngineer website and be the authority. What I would do. <laughs> You'd be the first person to have the guts to do it other than what I did find earlier. 3D Hubs has a pretty good infographic that goes over uh, the different technologies, but it's like five or six years old. I think that's the one I found. Does it have like a dark teal background? No, huh. I don't think so. But I think I legitimately, hold on, I'll, I'll pull it up here. Uh, so the answer is no, I wouldn't do it. But what I would do, and I think that would be entertaining, is create like a five-minute video of the behind the scenes, like the debate of making this and having <laughs> different people argue. We should act like we're other companies. Yeah. I'll wear a mustache. Everyone comes in with their own special interests, you know? Yeah. Oh, actually, we need our own column. We are far and away different than everyone else. Okay. it's. Did you say 3D Hubs? Because that's yeah. exactly who it is. Check this out. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. And it is a little old. It needs to be updated. That but one is not the one I was envisioning. They have one that is much prettier. Um, you would care about that. I do care. I just want the information, man. And I just the thank you 3D Hubs for at least giving us this because being bold. Yeah, you're the one that's bold enough to be like this words is matter. 3D printing. Yeah. We words matter and we're defining it end of story. And I appreciate that and I I I don't know, maybe one of these All days right. I'll get the guts and I'll do it. Well, if until then we'll just have to pay homage to 3D Hubs. Even though it's an incomplete. Um, Things change on a weekly basis. So I'm not too concerned about that. But the one I know of for sure is a few years old. Yeah, they're missing PolyJet. They're missing um, a few of these binders. Do a jetting. Google image search. 
Okay. Four. Um, you just say 3D hubs printing technologies. Let's give it a look here. Oh, yeah. Did you find the one? Oh, this is better. This is better. Yeah, I sure as heck did. Hold on. There it is. Yeah. Let me blow it up. That's it. So <clears throat> if you guys want a comprehensive and gals, I need to stop doing that. Yeah. Stop um, being so sexist, Tate. Well, you know, I, I was uh, <laughs> in a meeting the other day and this this girl kept doing it and, and I noticed it when she did it. And yeah. I'm like, she really shouldn't do that. You know, <laughs> I'm sitting there like, mm, she shouldn't do that. Yeah. And here I am. I just did it. But I, hey, I caught myself. You did. And so did. I'm working on it. Anyway, uh, everyone, 3dhubs.com has a somewhat comprehensive image that kind of shows the the families yeah, of it's worth technologies. A look. If you're not familiar with it, look it up. Don't memorize it or anything crazy, <laughs> but if you want to make a laminated flashcard of it uh -huh. and whenever me and Tyler are going off, you can look at it. Yeah. And, uh, but you kind of have to. Yeah. Like, there's just too much going on. Take it to parties, you know. Impress your friends. Impress your friends. You know what DED is and LOM and LDM and DMLS okay. and EBM. Yeah, that's going to go over well. I know. I know it will. All right. I think that's probably good. You know, that was a good intro to SAF. And, uh, You're tired of, of my talking? No, this, this may not be the most fun episode, but this is a good announcement. And if I'm being just honest, if I'm to put a bow on what I think about this. Okay. I think this has the potential to be my favorite 3D printing technology. Ooh, big prediction. And I actually think that it will. Ooh, that is al exciting. Already FDM is my favorite. Yeah. Even with all the coolness and and everything with the resin-based technologies and just the accuracy, mm -hmm. the precision, that's incredible and I respect it. Yeah. But I love FDM for its like usability, its utility, yeah, its ease of use. Like it's just to me, it's it's hard to beat. I think the only way to beat it is to make it better looking, and I think that's what this All technology right. does. It Are gives you, gonna... you an FDM type product with a good looking finish. So when we get a machine, are you going to fight to bring it to this office? Oh, absolutely. I'm. I want to be the guy. On this one. All right. I see the wheels, the gears are turning in your I'm, head. I'm trying to Tyler figure out. Tyler can make it happen. <laughs> well, I'm trying to figure out uh, what I can get out of you <laughs> oh <my laughs> to make it happen. <laughs> I'm not going to beg, but I absolutely, I, I think this is, it's a system worth having in-house. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited that Stratasys has decided to bring this one into the fold. Yeah. Whenever they productize it, we'll we'll get a machine, and uh, I'm excited for it too. I think it does have a lot of potential. The Velo system is my favorite machine right now, and at least you have the benefit of knowing like it's a possibility that you'll get the we machine. We get one. Yeah, yeah, that is true. We're not going to have a Velo system in house if we haven't already announced that. <sighs> um, we're not going to have one in house. It's a big bite to take. Not to mention we just built a new Go Engineer headquarters. Yeah. And it's just uh, this partnership came to be while that the ball had already started rolling yeah. on the new facility and it, it they don't link up well together. It's not built to house it and uh, with just the capital expense of that system, you have to be making money off of it and that's not our business model. Right. So – in my dreams. <laughs> I'll live vicariously through our customers. We can pretend that the polymer system is is metal. We can just pretend. You know. It's as good as you're going to get. When Mark Forged first released their or announced their Metal X, I swear to you, I swear to you, they had pictures on their website of spray-painted polyjet parts. Ooh, that's a bold accusation. <sighs> I'm just saying. Them's fighting words. I know. If it, oh my gosh. It wouldn't be <laughs> unprecedented if we did that. Hey, and oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I, should, I have I a shout out that I have to say. Can I real quick say, I don't know if that's actually true, but from their website, that is what it looked like. Okay, now continue. <laughs> okay. All right. I have to thank Darren for 
producing or or doing the voiceover, MCing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, for our intro. Absolutely. Darren Grosser, he's an employee at Go Engineer. He is an amazing SolidWorks user. He's done some cool content. I had heard his voice uh-huh. because I liked his content so much. And I was like, you know who'd be great for this? Yeah. Darren. So anyway, if Darren, if you've listened to like the last two or three episodes and you're like, man, these guys are really ungrateful. I just want you to know how appreciated and grateful uh, I am for you doing that for us. Cause I think it sounds legit. And, and now all- go engineer zone. Yeah, I sent him a personal note, but I hadn't thanked him on air. So yeah. thank you, Darren. It's this awesome. Is, this has got to be done. So anyway, uh, also a shout out to Michigan. Hey, Michigan. They're smoking it. Michigan and California, but Michigan is like, that's our most listened state. Wow. And we're growing. Are we still international? We're still international. Still killing it internationally. I think Australia is uh, Australia's up there. I think they're number two to... Uh, their second to none is Papal, Fed Income, but they're uh, – th- oh, that's terrible. I have Please, no idea what you, you just said. If there's any Australian listeners, they want to kill me now, uh, but back me. Back me. Hit me with a fair dinkum. Uh, send me an email. But uh, Send your dingoes for them. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I wanted to shout out Michigan, wanted to shout out uh, Darren and um, to whom it may concern – Stop making acronyms for new technologies and trademarking them please and stop. making it hard for us. Please stop. Can I not say that? No, just saying, please stop. Oh, <laughs> I thought, I'm not talking I to thought you. you were telling me to please stop. I'm like, because we, so everyone knows, we kind of have this agreement like, hey, man, bump me if I'm saying something I'm not supposed to say. Which and hasn't happened yet. Thankfully. Anyway, we appreciate all the listeners. Um, there's more than five now. So uh, just give us feedback. Give us feedback. Hit us up. Send us emails. And uh, keep listening. Tell your friends. And uh, send your dingoes for Tate. Oh, my gosh. See ya. See ya.